When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, somebody's going to have to be interested when I end up dying from some other cause other than the coronavirus because it's a hoax. Oh, God. Stop spiking the football. You're just asking for it. You're asking for karma to <laughs> f*** you in the ass is what you're doing right now. I would not let karma anywhere near my ass. News team! Assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is another episode of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. We welcome in the entire crew. Uh, I'm not even going to let him do it this week. I'm not going to let him do it because he's just going to screw it up. Uh, Josh McQuiston joins us, Eddie Radosevich, uh, and Bob Prisbillo. I guess I could have said I was taking the heavy li- lifting off of you uh, since you are um, unclean this week, Eddie. You're, you're quarantined. I am indeed. Yes, I, I have the coronavirus. So, yeah, I've been battling. I'm a fighter. It hasn't affected you at all, has it? No, and that's the craziest thing about all of it is I have not. I mean, I, I looking back on it, I guess I was probably a little bit more sick than I thought I was last week. And I don't even know if I brought it up on, like, the podcast. Like, I just thought you I had it hold. Yeah, you didn't. So it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a wild ride. I still need to go over to the urgent care and get my... I, I'll be damned if I'm not going to get my paperwork. I need to have that to be able to carry around. I think I might carry it around with me uh, during the football season. That'll be more important than having a credential on the sidelines. I think I'm just going to claim you got a false positive. That's not a thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want you to be able. I don't want you to be able to brag about having the antibodies. That's the only thing I don't want. Well, then I'm a jealous son of a bitch. The, go out and get the coronavirus, Carrie. I mean, I, I dare you. I think I've already had it. Go I, see Eddie. Go take the antibodies. I mean, there's only a select number of people that are allowed to be in the COVID family, and uh, <laughs> I certainly am one of those. I'm glad that you're taking it that way instead of the forever unclean way, because you did not is, you did not take it so well in the beginning. Well, I was you felt shame. I was more worried about family members than yeah. uh, than anybody. I I knew that I was gonna you know be okay. I because I it just it's kind of scary. I mean, you don't really know what to expect. Uh, certainly, after I got the positive call from uh, the urgent care facility that I went to to take the test, it's one of those things that you just don't know. It's like, okay, well, am I gonna just kind of lay around all weekend and just and become worse? Uh, and luckily, it never got to that point, but. Uh, you know, listen, it, it's going to happen. I mean, we've seen it across uh, the college landscape as guys get back to campus, as the, you know, as, as the country opens back up, uh, you know, certainly here in Oklahoma. 
uh, you're, you're able to go places, people are going to get sick. It's just going to happen. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting reading as much as I have into uh, the virus. And obviously anybody that is <laughs> lives in reality knows about it. Uh, it's just we don't know a whole lot. And it's just crazy how you can get infected with it and feel perfectly fine. And uh, or I your would, feet, you know, or you can get infected, Carrie. You can get. I, I would. I, I imagine that there are a lot more people that have had it, uh, or have the antibodies than they probably realize. Also, you can get it, and your feet can fall off. Yeah, you can get it and die. It's just, it's, it's kind of incredible how some people get it and some people don't, and then how it reacts in other people's bodies. Uh, it's just there's a whole lot of unknowns, and you know, sadly. I don't think that that's going to change in a month. And that's why, you know, we'll get into what Joe Castiglione said yesterday, which isn't a whole lot. And uh, there's just, I mean, there's just not much of an. Well, he said a whole lot. He just, it just, there's not a lot of clarity on a lot on things that people really want to know the answer to. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way to say it. And it's understandable. Like I I didn't go into yesterday thinking we're going to get a whole bunch of answers on the army game on the start of the season uh, their plans on what they're going to do for home games. Uh, there, there's a lot of unknown, and I guess in a way that kind of makes you uneasy knowing that they basically have about a month and a half to really figure it out if we're going to get this thing started on time. And see, the, I mean, that's the thing. We've all been kind of, you know, sheltering at home, sheltering in place. I mean, I know Oklahoma's been open, but I haven't been. I think Josh, I, I don't know, Eddie... I don't want to say just because you got the COVID that you you're more likely to go out and about and but you've been going out hanging with friends. I tell you, you got the COVID in the first place. I know Josh, you've been out on the water and stuff with in laws and uh, I don't know how much other stuff you. I've been pretty isolated and I I'm, I know Bob, you've been the same way. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, and I still order all my groceries online. I I still uh, you know other than going to the liquor store, I think that's about. Uh, and, and just going to the, going to get some ice or something like that every once in a while. Like that's really about all I do. I, I did go get some barbecue the other night, but for the most part, I got so much crap in my fridge. I don't want to go bad. I have to like cook meatballs tonight or I'm going to lose the veal and the pork in the fridge. Like my life revolves around that kind of stuff. Aren't there apps that will sit, like that they'll go to the liquor store for you as well? I can't find those in Oklahoma. I don't know anybody that's okay. doing that. Okay, it, it's kind of a, it, it's kind of. I mean, obviously, it's taken real legs down here over the last few months. But to me, that's good though. I mean, here. you know, it's good to do something. I mean, like when I went to see my parents a couple of weekends ago, like sure. that's the best that I have felt in a while. Just out of the doldrums, felt good to see them. So. I think you have to do stuff. Like, that's the thing about the quarantine and what Joe C. was talking about yesterday. I was surprised that he brought up, like, you know, players going out and in, in being in public spaces uh, amongst other people. Like, you know, they can't just... It's not like the NBA where they can just keep them in, in Disney World and keep them all quarantined. Uh, I think it's also a little realistic, don't you? Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is... Uh, but then you're probably going to have somebody that, you know, test positive once they're all back on campus again. Especially almost, if you go into Logies or something. Guaranteed. And that's why it was uh, why Tyler's question was so intriguing, because we understand they're all getting tested when they first get back to campus. But after that, then what? 
you know, how are you going to know when someone's going through some, like if someone has a fever, you automatically have to test them again. Like I thought that was a really good question about the number of times and, and how they want to go about this, because I think the only thing we know is what's going to July 1st beyond that. Still a lot of question marks. And then Josh, I think, you know, high schools have the same issues. I mean, they're not up to a, 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 the, 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 they're not taking the cares that, you know, places like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Texas are. Uh, they're doing stuff, though. I mean, and they've, I know in Texas, they probably have some social distance, but like Oklahoma, just kind of like it's, it's wild, wild west of how you're taking care of, you know, COVID precautions and stuff like that. It, it really has. It surprised me. Texas has been much more casual and much more, um, uh, not casual, that's not the right word for it, but just much more conservative in the way they are handling this than Oklahoma has. Oklahoma's gone, like, from what I understand, their practices are pretty much just going to be like they've been. I mean, now, I think when I talk to various staffs, they are taking precautions for themselves. I mean, they are kind of putting yeah. things in place to say, okay, we want to be careful here. But, I mean, those schools can pretty much do whatever the hell they want to do. I mean, as we talked about a few pods ago, as to where Texas came out with very clear lines, like they just started back to work on Monday, and really, um, you know, even within that, like they can only have, I think it's like 25% of capacity in the, the workout rooms, and everything has to be cleaned as soon as it's done. And if you have a spotter, it's got to be done in very specific ways. I mean, like the UIL really – they did a lot of look into this to kind of see how they do. I mean, you can't do one-on-ones and practice nothing that's going to really, you know, be a problem for social distancing. I mean, you can do, you know, the drills we all know where, you know, you're doing either footwork or whatever or like, uh, you know, quarterback throwing to receivers. You know, that kind of stuff is all permissible. But a lot of the things that you would commonly associate with a football practice, you just can't do in Texas right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, Oklahoma- weird. that's weird. That's weird. It's almost like uh, the UIL has a sense of leadership and what they're supposed to do. I mean, Oklahoma had all that stuff drawn up. They had, you know, wiping down equipment. They had rules, regulate, not just, they just had a plan put together, but they just didn't vote to, to follow that plan. Yeah, because because no, there's no respect for the OSAA and what they do. Eddie, did did your guy in the governor's mansion? Did he have eight votes? Is that what did it here? I mean, I I didn't I don't follow the board closely enough to know how many votes there were, but I mean, did he have? I think the Kevin, override? I think Kevin Stitt has forgot that the coronavirus is a thing. <laughs> and then all all they did yesterday was eliminate a dead period. So now there's even more of a chance now more of a chance for us to try to get out there if, if camps start going on but also yeah. you know more of a chance of the virus getting back out there and spreading too mm-hmm. well and it's uh, the real fallout will come you know two weeks from this weekend um really when it, or really just this week over the next two weeks we're gonna know what kind of fallout there was from all the protests and people being so close together i mean they happened in Oklahoma City. I mean, that's where uh, Amin Ogbin Bamiga or whatever. I can't. Yeah. Uh, that's, Nailed it. He said he got it, it. You know, he thought he got it at a rally. So, I mean, we know that stuff spreads there. 
Sure, sure. I, I think it's unavoidable. And, Carrie, I want you to know, uh, earlier that was not a um, why are you going to the liquor store. I was just interested in why you don't care about the liquor store owner, like why why his health is uninteresting to you. I It's a pretty big <laughs> s- store. We're talking like the liquor store I go to. The liquor stores in Norman are ginormous. You got yeah. like the cellar. You got mm-hmm. uh, the spirit shop, and now they got this new Captain Jack place. So they're all massive operations. They're where's that one? Animals. I haven't been down there in so long. Captain Jack's is on Twelfth in Rock Creek. Oh wow! So it's it's way it's kind of I guess up in your sector of the north. Right? Area. Yeah, it's up up here, kind of in the northeast I, part. Could of be Norman. northwest. Could be central. I mean, you know. A lot of range. I think Character there's a captain. I think there's a, another Captain's Jack over there in Brookhaven too. Like they've got two stores. They had three and they closed. They closed the huh. little one. Did not know that. So anyway, um, no, but I, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't mind going. out. I should probably go to the grocery store, but I don't want to. I usually go on like Monday mornings, so like With it's the old real, people. it's real low key. There's not a lot of people there. I take the girls to school and then I go get groceries. So that's, it's it's not real high traffic. I mean, and like I wouldn't say that's like part of the plan. I mean, I I'm kind of at the point where like I, I'll follow the rules, social distancing. Where I need to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. Like I mean, I try to be reasonable, but like in Texas right now, I mean. I'm not going to be the one guy that is like, I'm not leaving the house because everybody else in Texas is just going on like life is completely normal. Plus, you you, you can't keep in, in the a way, I, In you, a way, I think it's almost unhealthy to live that way, Josh. It's just kind of my opinion. I, I, I'm coming. Like, I came out so hard Dude. in the beginning. I'm really Dude. careful about how I re-implement my stance. But, I mean, there is a feeling of like, okay, at some point the, you know, the cure is worse than the disease. Um, it's people being pinned up and you're seeing all these guys. I've gotten like probably six Amber alerts on my phone in the last five days. And I, I don't know if that's abnormal, but it feels abnormal. And I'm like, what is happening? Like why, why people is are this stealing going kids? On? I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make a connection, but it's a weird coincidence, I guess I would say. So, you know, and you read all these stories about, you know, people being depressed and having all these problems. And so, like, I, I, I'm I, I'm trying to not come out and be crazy on the other end of the perspective. I, I've, I've yo-yoed too much, so I'm trying to kind of ride the middle. But, I mean, there there is some sense of, you know, it it helps if, if life feels a little bit normal for a little while. You know what I appreciate is uh, we spent so much time uh, and – Look, we we've talked about this on the boards. Uh, this is nobody cares. It's listening if you're not on the boards, but it's been politics forever. You know, we we've loosened the reins, and uh, so there's been a lot of arguments. I've stopped getting in the middle of it just because I think it makes Josh happier, and I'm trying to keep Sorry. my own sanity as well. Um, but it's like it was it was nice to get away from the Trump is a racist. Uh, defund the police. Uh, we could all get behind one thing, which is NASCAR definitely has the most racist fans that are out there. I think America can agree on that. And even NASCAR fans are like, yeah, we know about them. 
and drivers apparently or driving Nobody's teams ever heard of race Cecil lady or whatever the f- what is the yeah. hell the he only does, he's only he's only part of time Cicerelli. he's a part-time nascar truck series guy oh yeah he's he a nobody count. in it <laughs> he finished i think 33rd in the standings or something last year he's 50 and from weird. maryland who gives a f- who he is <laughs> what a weird hill to die on like really He's like, I don't give a damn about the Confederate flag, but I'm going to quit my profession over it. Like, uh, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's like that's like me announcing my retirement from baseball this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like, we all you saw you taking play. cuts in that OU jersey. It's not over, buddy. I know. I'm just trying to get on a steroid cycle. Hopefully, uh, I can join. Ed <laughs> now, when does the when does the the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa doc come Sunday. out? Sunday. Is that that's this? Sunday oh, night. that's going to be good. Jesus, this has been be the awesome. spring and summer of Chicago. St. Louis, yeah, too. 98 was awesome. I love, uh, <laughs> Eddie and I both love uh, when you can dig it to St. Louis a little bit. So yeah. that should be awesome. And the Cubs made the wild card that year, so it was a great year. Uh, uh, my dad, would require, as a Cardinals fan, would require me to ask who won this home run race. The guy that took more steroids? The guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that he won the steroid Olympics, okay? Whatever. Hey, but you know what? We can't deface that name. Mark McGuire, his kid's committed to come play baseball. Yeah. Yep. So he'll be around yeah. the uh, – Mark McGuire will be around the uh, OU baseball facility here over the next couple of years. Yeah, son. Uh, the guy with the video and the Sooner Scoop uh, flag on his mic is the guy that just, you know, dissed your dad. So, you know, just a heads up on that. It's not the worst thing I've ever said about his dad. I know that. <laughs> By the way, the other thing I want to know is how much James Harden is going to be willing to pay Disney to open up an underground Disney Princess strip club. Uh, I would imagine it. I mean, isn't there that study that says that he plays better in uh, in, in towns with strip clubs? Yes, there is. Absolutely is. I mean, if he comes out and starts averaging 45 a game, I think we know what the reason is. You just have to find it. And, Carrie, I'd like to be really clear. Is this something that they're actually – like there's an underground rumor that they're going to do this? No, or this is, is this just this is a, mo- a movement I've started. Okay, I I'm really want to get on board as a father <laughs> that has to go to Disney. Like I'm – I, I might even take up Treasurer. Like, I'll start fundraising. Who would you want to get your bad. first lap dance from? What princess? Oh, man. You know, this is going to be a part of my Elvis, uh, daughter's. Elvis into bestiality, are, right? Yeah, uh, who are both in the uh, in the house now. This is going to be part of their um, <laughs> oh. psychiatry going forward. Um <laughs> You know, I, I really, I'm going to go Jasmine. I like a little, you know, a little dark hair. Like, I'm kind of into that. So she, she'd she be on a real short list for me. But Belle is a solid choice as well. Funny enough, actually watching Beauty and the Beast in the other room as we speak. Yeah, Ariel would be a problem, that whole lower section. And the dad, like, he's a pain in the ass. Like, you don't want to deal with him. Don't want to have to mess with Rapunzel's hair either. Seriously, like, every time oh. you go on a cruise, like, if you've... If you've upset her in the last six months, he might sink the boat you're involved with. Like, so, it's a problem. So if you're going, I mean, we do not need to play Is This Racist anymore. Uh, so I will refrain. But no Pocahontas, huh? Because she's hot. Well, I'm native, so I can make those comments. I, I have a card. I've got proof. So I, I can, you know, she, she's at my leisure. Your name uh, is McQuistion. You don't have a native sir. card. 
Oh, I I actually am a registered Potawatomi Indian. Really? Do you steal scholarship Man, money? Has questions. I absolutely stole scholarship money. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's go back to Josie. Uh. And yesterday, you know, I think one of the things that people probably want to know most about is, are we going to get to go to games, and are we going to get to go to road games? And I think there's a one thing we didn't ask him, and here's the thing. We could ask him 100 questions about this stuff. Th- these questions are unanswerable right now. There's just no way for him to say, this is the plan. This is how many people we're going to let in, because they don't know yet. Uh, and they don't know, for instance, like, is Missouri State going to be their opener? Or is Tennessee going to be their opener? I think everyone's just moving forward like we're expecting to play everybody on our schedule. We're expecting that some amount of fans come in the stadium. Uh, and when that changes, we'll let you know. I mean, that's all you can do, can't you? At, at, this, at this point in time, yeah. And I think that's it's just what, what's frustrating is that people, as you get closer and closer to the season, more people are starting to wonder, What's what? And you, you could understand Josie not having the answers yesterday. I think maybe people wanted some sort of timetable. You know, he kind of threw out the extremes. Like, we don't have to know June 10th, but we can't be making these decisions August 28th. Like, that's the two extremes. But where you come into the middle, like, what is the actual timetable for when they want to start putting this out there? When when you say that, I automatically think one month from now, July fifteenth. I think that is kind of your next line of uh, thinking, or at least for me, thinking that they have to make some type of decision because you would imagine, and and depending on what the NCAA oversight committee does with the schedule that they announced, as far as the the six weeks leading up to the start of the season and starting on time, you're going to have to know by that by that timetable. I would think you know anywhere in between June eleventh and June fifteenth. Well, and I think probably four weeks out, you know, you would probably need to know if Missouri State is in or out just because you've got to stop. I mean, you're either wasting your time game planning for them or you're moving on to Tennessee. And I, it's not like I've heard. I just, the one thing I can't imagine is people opposing fans being able to travel to West Point. To watch that game. And I mean, you can't. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I mean. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I'm just saying, I what, can't what imagine that happening. <laughs> like, I, I think they'll have to have the game somewhere else is what I'm, kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, okay. I think uh, it's, a, I mean, it's a problem yeah, as much I, for Oklahoma and returning. Like, they don't, you'd almost have to quarantine everyone that returned. Well, th- I mean, think about think about Missouri State yeah. though. Are they are they able to afford like testing their players on a regular basis to where they know like that OU's not going to be out on a field with you know possibly several people that have COVID? Like, is that does that become an issue? I haven't seen anything from Missouri State that says that they were testing players upon return. I, I don't know that for a fact. I, I imagine a Google search would would be able to tell us, but I mean, they're they've been back since June first, correct? That's a good question. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they are because I remember making one of the jokes, uh, making a joke on Twitter or something, talking about how Missouri State was going to have a full month on OU in preparation for the opener. Yeah, I mean, I you know, that was probably something we could ask Joe C about yesterday um, that we didn't. Um, but yeah, it, it's just I don't, and I don't know if we can cover road games. Like I, I just don't. Nobody really knows the answer to that. So, you know, it's it in the quarantining and you know all that stuff. How it's going to work out? You you would think that them seeing all these teams having two, three, five, what was it, seven at Arkansas State, test them positive when they come back. Uh, that they know that they're going to come back July 1st, and there's going to be some people that won't be able to do anything until two weeks after that. But then then again, you have somebody like a Justin Harrington, who you talked to, Bob, that said he's going to be in town by June 15th, correct? Yeah, and I think that would probably be what, in a perfect world, that would be their plan, is that those guys come back June 15th, get tested, so that by July 1st, even if they tested positive, it was back in the middle of June, so July 1st, everyone's good to go. I mean, that's it's, it's not necessarily breaking news to anybody, but June 15th is literally on Monday. Yeah. And you've, got, and you've got schools that are already doing voluntary workouts, like three days into it. Everybody in the yeah. SEC is. We, we've talked about it on the pod. It just surprises me. Like, I can, you can make the choice to start whenever you wanted to as far as workouts go. But it surprises me they're waiting so long to have everybody report. Just because, like, you can get everybody under one roof and you have some control over what they're doing. Now they're just out amongst it doing whatever, you know, like, and, and that's just like everybody else. I'm not shaming those kids or anything. That's just the way most people are going at it at this point. I think we've all reached a exhaustion point, uh, or at least a lot of us have. Um, so a bunch of 18-year-old kids that know they're not really – high risk i mean it's it's tough to convince them to stay home at least it's you know like if you get them on campus like we got them working out they're in they're with each other most of the time rather than all these other people you know i i guess you could call them you know the unwashed masses i just i feel like they can't ban them from anywhere but i just think back to that picture somebody took at logies the first day things opened up and how long that line was like those people don't give a shit like, they don't care. And there's going to be players on the team that don't care. But you know what? The players on the team are going to be getting tested. And other people care if they get it, even if they're asymptomatic. And you, you will know, have to sit out for 14 days or more if you get it, regardless of what it does to you. Everybody kind of looked at it as a situation that, well, maybe OU should feel lucky that they didn't come back. I almost wonder if it's the opposite now when you look across the landscape of everybody else that has come back. And, you know, you've had you've had small, I guess, risings of numbers. You know, I, I think Alabama reported three more today. Uh, that brings their total to, I, I believe, six or seven. Uh, it almost, I guess on the outside looking in, it kind of feels like it hasn't been as bad as maybe OU thought it was going to be. And maybe they wish they would have brought everybody back on June 8th or June 15th. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Norman is not the worst place to be in terms of, you know, trying to avoid the coronavirus. I mean, it's a lot better off. I mean, it's the fourth city in Oklahoma in terms of number of cases. That uh, thing out there in the panhandle, like 900 people 
out of the panhandle have it in one county. And then Oklahoma County's high and Tulsa's high. Norman's remained relatively low, and maybe it has to do with the, you know, fewer, a, a, a fewer, or Cleveland County, I should say. Maybe it's that there are fewer, you know, older citizens in this part of Oklahoma. I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of that, but I think also, you know, depending on how you look at uh, Bria Clark, the mayor of Norman, Norman's been closed for damn near two and a half months. So there really hasn't been a whole lot of places for people to go. Yeah. And then not to mention that, you know, kids just aren't on campus. So that, that, you know, that, that brings down the, uh, I would imagine that brings down the population numbers there in Norman. Oh yeah. By quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 20,000 or so. Sure. You can drive around the streets again. Yeah, I always love it because it's easy that's to get you know, Jimmy John's. That's you know it's summer in Norman when you don't. Yep. <laughs> you, when you think about going straight down Lindsay instead of having to go around on Highway Nine. But normally it's a celebration. It's like it, you know, it's like wide lanes in Seinfeld. It's like uh, you just feel like you rule the world, but then now it's just like it's more of a ghost town feel. Yeah. Because you know there's a plague out there. So anyway, uh, you know, yeah. Outside of that. I mean, it's clear that, that Joe Castiglione is, is behind the black, you know, fully behind the Black Lives Matter thing. Um, I, you know, I think that's great. I, I don't know exactly how that's going to affect the season in terms of what we see. You know, is it going to be something, you know, with jersey patches? Is it going to be demonstration? I mean, the players aren't out on the field for the national anthem. They're in the locker room. They never have been. It's only the NFL that's been on the field during that. So I don't know. You think you, you think cu- that's something that might change? I mean, if you don't need to be out on the field, if you've never been out on the field, are you now going to come out on the field just to kneel? I thought I saw that some somewhere, but I I, I would have to really dig through and try to save. Uh, figure out where if that is the case i would love to be the person that breaks that to the olds that they that they will come out and kneel oh yeah i'd love to give that announcement or just operate the ou account for the day so i could see the replies i mean i guess you could show them kneeling in the locker room on the big screen you think people would boo Ooh. i think that that is something that ou would not do yeah, that doesn't seem like them. And if the players wanted to have that shown, they would just come out on the field. Sure. But I mean that that would I don't I I don't go to any other football games. So I, but I mean, there's not any games that we go to. The I've pl- never seen that happen on a college campus where right. players are out for the there team. for the yeah, national where the anthem. Team is out for yeah. The, uh, for the national anthem. Ohio State, they didn't do it there. I mean, nobody does it. Nobody no. in the Big 12 does it. No. Because they want to do the build-up for the big entrance where they have all the attention on them. Sure. I guess I've never really looked at it that way, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And then they burst out of there, and then they start the game. So you got your captains, and then you got your team. I see. See to me, that makes more sense because you're doing it for the fans, not for the players. Essentially, their minds on the game because they're getting ready to play. I mean, 
Shit, that gets into even more question marks just about the the game day operation of what to expect. I mean, do you even have all that buildup if you only have half of a stadium? I would imagine that they would, but <laughs> like I, I I don't I truly don't know. And the first thing, guys, that I thought about yesterday when uh, you know Josie's talking about uh, fans in the stands and stuff, my first the first thing that popped in my brain is I can only imagine the uprising that OU fans would have if the quote-unquote sellout streak came to an end because of the coronavirus. Well, it's going to, unless they want to claim a hollow sellout. Like, capacity was this, and we reached it. But the, yeah, like, the, 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 the tickets have already been sold. It, it just... It, I, I, I could see people having a problem with that, even though that, you know... Basically, everything that happens will have some type of an asterisk next to it. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a weird season. And I, I think, you know, you just have this year, and yeah, you won't have 84, 85,000 in the stadium, but you just, I, I mean, you can always it. just say, you know, so many, so many consecutive sellouts and just leave it out. I mean, hell, Reggie Bush is back at USC now, like nothing happened. Yeah, that's the dumbest. That's <laughs> by far the dumbest story out there this week. By the way, uh, I y- you say that they're not going to have eighty four thousand fans. I I still think that we're closer to talking about a stadium being full in terms of a hundred percent full than opposed to the opposite of being twenty thirty thousand fans. I like. I mean, it's June eleventh. You're already talking about fifty percent full in in the state of Texas. You can't tell me that Oklahoma's not close to somewhere where Texas... I mean, even Josh has said that OU's probably ahead... I mean, OU, Oklahoma, the state is probably ahead of Texas as far as reopening goes. Although I, I thought it was I, interesting... I thought it was interesting yesterday. Joe Castiglione said less than 50% is what they've... Dis- that was one of the first things that out of his mouth about... He said, don't hold me to anything. But when someone right. asked him about capacity... He said, oh, yeah. you know, that they're basically thinking less than 50%. That's on June 11th, though. I mean, I think that could change drastically by August 11th. Like, Think I, about what that answer here, would have been question. on May 11th. Think, say what, Josh? I said, think about what that answer would have been on May 11th. Oh, it would be like, we're just praying to I have mean, a I season. I think we'd have a season on May 11th. Exactly, exactly. Let me ask you guys, do you, I, I don't think that they would... Like, I think that this thing is going to be moving parts as leading up into September. I don't think that they make a statement and say, we're only going to allow this many people in on August 7th and then hold to that for a month just because of everything that is ever-changing. Yeah, I mean, won't we have, will we have, I mean, NASCAR is starting to let fans back in in small numbers. I'm Are just they? trying to think. Will there? Really? Yeah, like five thousand. I haven't um, seen okay. anything on NASCAR. I think their plan is to start with five thousand. And well, first they're doing like servicemen can come and watch a race, uh, and then they're going to start ramping it up for more people. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure Joe Castiglione, everybody in college football would love to see a stadium full of people other than college football fans before they do it. Yeah, you don't want to be the test run. The guinea pigs, yeah. Exactly. You don't want to be the reason for the spike. Of course, won't there, well, we don't know yet, but aren't there usually NFL preseason games before college starts? 
Uh, yeah. But I know yeah, they're cutting I mean, it down yeah. to two there instead are, of four. Have, it would have to be. Yeah. But they, they're also like the Hall of Fame game and... limiting the uh, preseason to only two games. Right. And then golf will be one of the first sports that allows fans back, and that'll happen on July 16th at uh, the Memorial. Eddie will be there with his antibodies. That was another thing I was thinking, like, uh, okay, so if you... You're out your tailgate. You're drinking, getting dehydrated. Uh, Eight thousand expect. Uh, I, I, you, you cut out there. Um, you're out. You're, you're tailgating. You're drinking. You're dehydrated. You walk a mile or two to the stadium. You get to the gate. They put the temperature thing on your head, and it says you've got a fever. And maybe your forehead's just a hundred degrees from the sun. Because you've been doing hooters in the public bathroom all afternoon yeah uh so like (laughs) i didn't go that far but um yeah you might not want to do that this year my question is like are you gonna have to have like extra security for nut jobs that you know like how dare you not let me into the game don't care yeah because you tell someone they can't go watch an ou football game there's gonna be some people that lose their shit this is a goddamn liberal operation. <laughs> I'm the one that I'm the one that contacted Ryan Aver. Now let me in the goddamn stadium. <laughs> I'm gonna call I the press, no Jason Kersey. I got him on speed dial. I'm calling him. Henry from Hollis. I mean, his friends call him Hank. He's gonna lose it. He's gonna drop his damn bucket on it. You know how many I Twitter followers idea. I've got? Uh, looks like thirteen, sir. <laughs> This is a movement. This is my movement. But, I, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know how crazy it's going to be. It would be very major league, though, for them to have all that smoke blow in their faces as they come out of the tunnel. And then you got, like, three people like, yay. <laughs> if, if, if that is the case, that's the only type of video we'll be getting is fan reactions. <laughs> Hell, we could probably put a GoPro on them and just have real-life real in-game experiences. Eddie's on first-name basis with everybody in the crowd. I already am. <laughs> well, only in Iowa. Uh, only in uh, Ames. Oh, God. Crazy um, lady. Guys, I, and I know you guys were kind of touching on it. Virus. I can tell you that right now. And I, ha- I had to make the move from uh, Beauty and the Beast to Sing in the other room, so I, I might have, may have missed this kind of – I missed some of the preamble. If you guys were going to bet today 0% or 100%, which one's more likely to you? For me, there's no question. I, I think I know which way it goes. Yeah, like I'm, the, I'm the same staying, way. I, kind of, I, yeah, I I'm going to say no, it, there's well. no way it's going to be zero. So, yeah. I mean, it has to be right. 100. Which is crazy. Like, I, I, Eddie and I talked about this last week. Like, a month ago, I would have never I, – I, I thought 25% was optimistic. Well, I didn't even read the article. I just saw the headline. But uh, somebody was like, Texas believes it can fit all – the fans in the stadium and still practice social distancing. I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not reading I, that. I think that was in reference to, they believe that they could fit all their season ticket holders in. Mm. Okay. Not, not the entire, uh, what is it? 90, hundred thousand, whatever that is down at Derek, Der Royal. 
Because that's what we always marvel at is how much space there is at a college football game when you're all packed in. We're all like, oh, these benches are so comfortable with all the space I have to move around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people that people spend a certain amount of time complaining about, you know, people are bigger now than they used to be. Uh, and uh, it shows on game days when you try and see I wish, the guy. I, I would want to sit next to me. I get into the doldrums of that. Like, I wish that was the only thing there was to bitch about was the size of a seat. God, I'm so ready to argue about stupid sports shit. Yeah, it's the everything else is really tiresome. Maybe that's what we need to do. Like each week in pod, we're going to pick a stupid sports argument that we get into every summer and we're just going to hash it out on the pod. Like I'm not doing Mount summer. Rushmore of <laughs> fullbacks, no, okay? No, no, no Mount Rushmore. We're just going to pick one shitty summer argument like alternate jerseys. Like we're just going to go for it. By the way, shout out to uh, Dimitri Flowers. Um being accepted to OU Law School, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I didn't I didn't realize that he was uh, interested in I going didn't to either. law school. I had no idea. Very cool. I still don't understand why he didn't get a better shot in the NFL, which I guess I do understand because nobody's using fullbacks anymore. But, man, you just that's, to me, the most surprising guy that didn't catch on with somebody in the NFL. We need to go ahead and get him on retainer. He could be the official Sooner Scoop uh, counsel. Because <laughs> we definitely could use some legal representation. <laughs> well, you never know. Oh, I, there's no sarcasm. I, there, I am literally astounded things have not happened to us before now. I mean, somebody's going to have to be interested when I end up dying from some other cause other than the coronavirus because it's a hoax. You you are trying to wind Carrie up. I feel it. Like this is a this is. A I told him. I, I'm sorry. I'm answering a a DM. Uh, stop spiking the football. You're just asking for it. You're asking for karma to <laughs> f you in the ass is what you're doing right now. I would not let karma anywhere near my ass. I it would be forcible entry. That's rape. <laughs> You think karma's going to rape me? Yeah, the way you're going about it. <laughs> All I know is, is I've beat the coronavirus, and there's not a lot of people. You, it's that, you still know, in that. your body. It has not. Until it, you test negative, stop this madness. I don't know if it is. That's the problem. I know this is on brand for you. I know I'm there's just, 12 this people is that still got sick serious? one night in Oklahoma City. We've all been okay. Carrie, can you work on a graphic for Eddie, like all the first? I mean, like his pioneering ways. Um, like he said yesterday, the first to be part of a Zoom chat with the coronavirus. Yeah, I, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, this is now my second the first that I've had the coronavirus, and look at us. We're pretty kick-ass. First Oklahoma media personality to go live with the coronavirus. The, the first yeah. matching Chris Cuomo. I think you put yourself in the same category as Chris Cuomo <laughs> while you did I that. The Chris Cuomo of Oklahoma. Yes. I'm working. Nobody wants to see you life. naked in the back of your wife's yoga. Um, Carrie has video, no. Or I mean, Eddie has no brother. So, Eddie, I I think whoever's going to run for you know political office, you kind of get. I mean, it could be Sam. It could be Carrie. I mean, you could go a lot of ways with this. 
who you throw I have your support. Two hundred and fifty brothers that my parents paid for while I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the first in your pledge class to get the coronavirus? Have to be. I would have to be. I think so. Doesn't sound like a very close unit. If you don't know. Oh, that's just the GDI and you carry talking. You just don't know. <laughs> oh, it's been too long since I've heard the term GDI. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the unfortunate thing. Uh, I was almost an SAE, so I'm I'm well, glad it worked out. Your ideologies. One of one of our more ardent listeners amongst my friends is a former SAE and was not happy about the way that whole thing played out. He like, I don't, I don't one know of his, too many people that were. Yeah, no, I mean like one of his pledge brothers, like I'm, you know, like I remember meeting the guy it was a black guy. Like, I mean, it was, it was a we, that, that's why the whole thing was weird to me. Cause I never thought of SAE like that. So no, I, I have many friends that were SAEs and I can, I can vouch for all of them. Very good peoples. Yeah. So not to defend that asshole. Friends, friends yeah. and fa- friends of father. Fr- father's friends. Well, I mean, Bob Perry Jr. was an SAE, and I mean, he yeah. was. He yeah. might be the ring, I mean, like the ultimate, or he was like the ultimate SAE ringleader. Like his pledge yeah, class still went still, out on the... He was still pretty active. Yeah, his pledge class would go out on a yearly retreat together and everything still. Wow. But he was, yeah, he was really mad about that whole thing. For sure. Mad that it happened and mad that Boren shut down their their house again. Because when I was in school, it was shut down for something. Dave Boren, I would imagine, isn't the most popular person. No, I mean, in, in, he never was in the Greek system. He, he went to war with a lot of different fraternities and yeah, sororities. By God, he built those uh, honors dorms, though. Those were working out really well. <laughs> What's, uh, their current, what's their current biggest eyesore waste of money on the entire <clears throat> campus? If I was uh, elected president of the university tomorrow, which I won't be because Joseph Harris is doing a phenomenal job, I would tear him down and we'd have tailgating. Oh, you're, but you're talking about the residential. You're not talking about the honors college. You're talking about but all of it. Yeah. Waste of money. Well, it was stupid. OU, and then OU is Harvard. And then the that commons thing or whatever they built which has been a disaster that nobody will live in like no one will live in any of those wasting money at the end of it all yeah and then oh and then bob had to fight so hard to get that south end zone built well that was eddie got to experience that day in infamy when david boren took my story and shoved it in rj young's chest he was not that happy. Was, uh, that was an interesting afternoon for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, oh, we God. wrote a story wrote a that. Uh, okay. Or I wrote a story. I'll take. I'll take the heat. And that basically, uh, the South End Zone. And I'll tell you this: I got contacted by someone on the inside that wanted me to know what was going on, and so I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a hit piece. Uh, but there was concern, and you should have heard this. I can talk about this now. The stuff that was said in a meeting between Bourne and the athletic department 
Like he literally said, you, I don't know if you guys remember me saying this, but I was told that David Bourne was concerned that college football wouldn't even exist in so many years. I think it was like 10 years or something because all, this is when all the CTE stuff was going on. Mm. And that they would have to turn it into a soccer stadium. And he didn't want to commit to their south end zone project because he wanted to use the he wanted to use the um oh what's the stupid things they call when they take out the money uh, civically or whatever. Not grants, but uh bonds. Bonds. He wanted to use the bonds to finish off his residential colleges. And he, didn't he want to buy handcuffs for every player for some weird okay, reason? Okay, stop it. That? No, I was not saying that. <laughs> but then, so so there was a Regents meeting, and I wrote that story, and it caused a shit ton of controversy. They went to recess. They went, they went to, to recess, recess when we published it. They went to recess, and then someone printed it out and handed it to him the story, and you and RJ were down there. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was that Lawton? In Lawton, yes. Yeah. Yeah. In Lawton, America. And so after the day's work was done, he came over to meet with the media and pulled the article. Eddie, you were there. You can explain exactly what happened. I blacked out that period of my life. <laughs> but from what I remember, he basically had the uh, story printed out and he handed it to RJ and he said something like, uh, "This isn't true," or he said, "No, he didn't. He I didn't say. Exactly he didn't. The... He it was a non-denial denial cut." He said, "You've got your facts. Your facts are incorrect in this article, or something." Check like your that. sources. You're kind of cute. That was it's something like that. I forgot what he said. Oh yeah, he, he basically said. On the head. He basically said, "I know where you got this and who gave this to you, and it's inaccurate." I think that's what he said. He didn't say that it was wrong. He just said it was inaccurate. It's kind of like that like, Tulsa police major. Like blew me a kiss. It was really weird. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there was a little mini war there between the athletic department and David Bourne, I guess. And, we and that was another one of those times the fires. when people were like, yeah, you guys are going to get your credentials pulled, blah, 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 blah. And we're, yeah, I mean, if, it, if there's happen, any people. time for your credentials to get pulled, it would have been then. But guess what? Happen. David Bourne didn't control the credentials. The athletic department did. <laughs> and they got that damn south end zone. I'm not trying to take credit for the south end zone being built. But I won't not take credit either. Build it and they will come. All right. Um, anyway. So, 4th of July. Different context for some people. C-O-M-E-C-U-M. That's just gross. 4th of July. Hot dogs. Cupcakes. Fireworks. Um, How many fireworks will there be on the 4th of July is the question. Like, if you took one... Um, Roman candle for each commitment. Josh, how many Roman candles would you need on the 4th of July? My current guess, and again, this is, I think everybody was kind of playing hypotheticals, you know, because we all kind of thought, or I mean, not thought, we all were pretty confident that it was going to be July 4th for Caleb Williams. 
But then when the you know when they decided okay well there's not going to be campus visits you're like well does this just throw everything into chaos and because I my understanding was his plan was to come to Norman and do this in Oklahoma City. Now I don't know if that's exactly correct, but that's just what I had been made to understand. Now he's obviously going to do it in Washington D.C. or somewhere in that area. So. It, I mean, if people are going to coordinate this, that could be really interesting. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk of a guy like Bryce Foster because he's tweeted out the hot dog thing at several different times, and this is such a weird – like, I talk about the weird things my job forces me to stay, and I'm usually talking about, you know, the hips or feet or legs of a young guy, but now I'm talking about a hot dog emoji. So I don't know how I feel about any of this, but that if you're going to make me guess, I would say three. That, that That's my guess on the 4th of July. Now, what I will also say, because I know that number's not going to be as huge as some people want it to be, I think this is where you start to see dominoes start to fall. We kind of thought maybe it would happen Mario Williams and Clayton Smith, and there were some rumors, you know, Marcus Burris. There were some other guys that you kind of thought, okay, they're real close. Maybe they go. I'm wondering if several guys are putting this off until the 4th of July or shortly thereafter and really starting a big wave of momentum for Oklahoma, kind of like we saw for Ohio State right after the start of COVID. When you say three, I think a lot of people's minds will go immediately go to the quote-unquote serious three. Uh, what what would you say to that? Well, I I mean, I, I think we all know Mario Williams is one of those three. Um, that, that was always one of them. The other was Christian Leary. I don't – I mean, I – to my knowledge, Oklahoma is still working on Christian Leary, still trying to be involved in that conversation. But from my understanding, this sounds more and more like a Florida-Alabama thing. I, I think Oklahoma really made a big impression on him. I think the distance from home and distance from his family is just going to be tough to overcome. Um, now, maybe it can happen, and it wouldn't shock me if he picks Florida-Alabama this summer and then Oklahoma still gets an official visit this fall, and maybe at that point something could happen. But the other side of that coin is Oklahoma may be out of wide receiver spots before he can ever take that trip. Um, because one of the guys I would watch in that three is a fellow D.C. area guy and good friend of Caleb Williams, Jaleel Farouk, the wide receiver. So I, those two seem very much in lockstep to me. I, he, if there was a guy that you said, okay, you got to pick one other guy that's going to go on the 4th of July with Caleb, he would be my guy. The, uh, I mean, and there's a lot of, like I mentioned, Bryce Foster is a possibility, although I, I don't think Bryce is ready to make his call that early. When I talk to him, and we talk pretty frequently, that's not the feeling I get. I, I, I could be wrong, and, you know, obviously when things like this start to happen, you start asking tougher questions, just trying to make sure you know the score. But as of right now, I don't have that feeling. Uh, a guy like Tristan Lee that wouldn't shock me. I mean, he did an article with our guy Adam Friedman that just ran, um, I believe, yesterday morning, and uh, and I thought he was very interesting to hear him talk about. You know, Caleb Williams is the player he knows the best. That's who he's most comfortable with. Who wouldn't want to play with the best quarterback in the country? So, I mean, there was a lot that makes you think all this this smoke about Oklahoma and Tristan Lee, who is a potential five star tackle from Virginia. There's a lot to that. That's not just smoke and mirrors that's a real thing and uh, again so i mean if you told me after the fact there were five guys that go down on fourth of july that wouldn't shock me i don't think that's crazy 
I just don't think that's the way it's going to play. Usually it's more in the middle of the best and worst hopes of everyone, I guess. You know, Josh, because of the way Caleb Williams has been throughout this process, if he's the only one July 4th, what is the reaction of the the OU fan? Oh, I think they're going to be tremendously disappointed. I mean, like, I – isn't that I, weird to think that? It is. It a, is. A five-star quarterback might commit, and you would actually kind of be more upset than excited. You've got a chance by the end of this class to have landed the number one player in the country for only the second time in Rivals.com history, the other being Adrian Peterson, and that worked out pretty well. Um, and, you know, for those that don't follow it real close, Caleb Williams is currently number three. Any guy that high is absolutely in contention to be in the number one spot, unless – there's a guy like Peterson or Clowney in your class, and there's not that guy this year. Um, I, I think four or five guys have a real shot at that spot, and Caleb Williams is one of them. But, yeah, uh, Bob's absolutely right. I mean, it would be a weird reaction, but I think and I hope, especially people that are on our site would recognize, like, this is just a step. This is, like, that doesn't mean that everybody's not on board. That that may mean I want to have my own day. I'm recognizing the 4th of July is all about Caleb Williams and it's going to be this big moment and everybody else that comes along well they're just part they're just following Caleb Williams along well no high school guy wants to feel like that i don't think so i mean it's going to be interesting how they kind of make that work and if multiple guys go off on that same day how they kind of share the spotlight because so much of it would be about Caleb and would be kind of the you know coming to fruition of all the rumors that we've been hearing for the last two months where he's recruiting guys and everyone believes he's recruiting to Oklahoma, well, not only does he get the credit and story of his commitment, but then he gets all the credit for bringing all these other guys with him, and that may not be something every young guy's ready to share. Realistic expectations. That's what, that's what people need to have. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen, but, you know, that, that is the goal for sure. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't build a, a great class in one day. It, it just, it's never happened before. Well, people need to remind look, themselves of that. And people will say, well, look back at that spring game. Yeah, look how that turned out. I mean, you got Theo yes. and very, very <laughs> Anderson, not here. You know, like, go, go down the list of all those guys that you thought, well, oh, you had them, and it just didn't work out that way. So, and I, I, Bob, and Bob brought it up. I mean, I want to give him full credit, but I thought one of the more interesting things we talked about was when you looked at those first commitments of the Riley area era, and everybody was like, "Oh, here we go! It's crazy." There's a lot of flops in that group. It was kind of as things as time went on, then all of a sudden, the guys that really emerged became those guys. So it's not always the first to go. That's not what it's about. Like it's just about getting them it doesn't matter if it's right june 1st or december 1st like just get the talent and i think with caleb williams and then if he's committed and he's out there and he can visibly be the face of your recruiting class i think it changes the whole dynamic of what you're looking at by the way i think it's also important to think about the context like uh Kids can't go visit campuses, and you're still you're going to have pulled in two five stars in what three weeks or whatever it is, four weeks, without them ever visiting campus. Like, although just, Caleb has visited multiple times. No, but what I'm saying is, I mean, yeah, but to come in and have that big weekend, like mm-hmm. you know, would normally happen to build that class. 
I I know Mario hasn't visited at all. So, um, I and, he, and the other thing is this: nothing is normal. Like Virginia Tech's class is falling apart that everybody thought was so great. Like who's to say some of Ohio State's class doesn't fall apart? You know when visits start happening, it's it's there's still a lot to a lot a lot of time to play out in this whole thing for everybody. It's almost where you would feel just as comfortable only having six or seven commits like OU and Bama compared to having like 18, 19 like Tennessee or the Buckeyes because there's just more chances, chances for that to for go bad. Yeah. Blow up. Yeah. That's yeah. no, a good point. By the way, uh, something that I don't think we addressed yet uh, the the Isaiah Coe situation. Uh, I know, you know, somebody was posting about where's your story on Isaiah Coe. That was kind of my call because, uh, you know, we just haven't seen enough activity from OU coaches for us Still. to feel comfortable uh, naming him as a take. Even though he's committed publicly, it, I mean, Josh, you can kind of take it from there. Yeah, I, <clears throat> you know, this was, and I mean, I, I want to be fully honest when... You know, we recorded this last week, and almost, I believe it was the next day after I had told everybody he's not part of the plans, he hasn't committed, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, and then all of a sudden he announced. I was absolutely floored. I, I, I was completely surprised. It didn't match up with anything I'd been told. And I really, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, I was a little pissed off. I thought I've been really led astray here. And... <laughs> So I immediate, like, I mean, you know, and we do all the things that we inherently do where we, you know, we're quote tweeting and, hey, oh, you just landed Isaiah Coe and all the, doing all these things and Bob posts on the board. And we, you know, for those that follow us, we have a pretty standard set of operating procedures that we just run through automatically. By the time I started talking to the people I know and my sources, it was like, oh, no, we shouldn't have done any of those things. So... We immediately pull down our tweet. We, you know, Bob's thread gets unpinned or Eddie's. I can't remember who. It was Eddie's, it, yeah. Yeah. So we go through all those steps, and then um, I start talking to more and more people. And it wasn't, I, it was, it's an interesting deal because I, I don't think there's any question that you can't. I mean, Lincoln Riley retweets every kid that has an offer. Then when he gets an offer, he retweets that offer. I, I mean, and I, I'm sure you guys are the same as me. I have Lincoln Riley. He's one of my alerts. Like if yeah, he tweets something, too. I know mm -hmm. about it on my phone. And so I, I, at at no point, like you know, like we've talked about the last few weeks, he didn't tweet out eyes right before the announcement came. Nope. To my understanding, Oklahoma was every bit as surprised about this announcement as I was. I was led to believe that Co was aware of the situation he knew that at this point he didn't really have a committable offer now where this gets interesting is this is iowa western this is one of the best junior college programs in the country and he's a very good player and not only that but he is a friend and teammate or former teammate of one of your incoming defensive linemen perry on winfrey so you've got to play a little bit of politics here no matter what you feel like you want to do you've got to think it through a little bit and what I'm guessing the choice Oklahoma is making, I don't know that I would say they've accepted the commitment, but I don't think they're going to say, hey, you, you, you need to take that down. You, you've got to pull that back. What I, my, and again, this isn't, 
as firm as what I was saying last week because I don't have definite answers right now. But just looking at the ground, just just looking at how this is being played, I'm guessing they're allowing him to consider himself a commitment. And, and then if things go right with Marcus Burris and Kelvin Gilliam, then they have to have a conversation. If they don't, then, hey, we get to just, you know, hey, we, we took your commitment a long time ago. We were all in with you, Isaiah. Like, they're, they're just playing it. It's, it's a political game that they're playing very smart, in my opinion. I, I get why they're doing what they're doing. But if you asked me if, if today was signing day, is Oklahoma sending him a letter of intent, I would say no. And I think as it That's stands actually- now, Bob, isn't it, did Annie Hansen like a retweet and then Lincoln just liked it but didn't retweet it? And that was Lincoln the only activity. Annie has retweeted, and I think that's really about it from the entire. Nothing from Calvin Thibodeau. Retweet. Nothing from Jamar Kane. Nothing from Brian Odom. Nothing from Alex Grinch. Not that I've seen. No. Which Alex Grinch is not the most active guy on Twitter, but every once in a while, I mean, I've seen him retweet some of our stuff or like some of our stuff. But He's been more active lately, has he? But generally. Not, you know, not no, all that not. social. Nope. Yeah, but he's Brian not Odom is putting your mobile notifications on. Yeah, Bri- <laughs> Bri- <laughs> yeah, you can do that and it won't bother you that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Brian Odom's pretty active, but none of those guys, like you wouldn't, you would think that Calvin Thibodeau being the inside, you know, tackles coach, like he would have said something publicly because he's not afraid he, to use social media. Exactly. Did you see any sirens with the war daddy thing yeah, on it? I, yeah. I, no. I didn't see any of that. I mean, Josh, again, what what what, ahead, what would be more strange though? I think you know, we've seen before where they talked to guys and said, "Hey, you need to find another place." So you go through that conversation, or would or having a conversation where now you embrace him months later, and just as as our site, I don't even know how we would play that up because we never wrote a commitment story to begin with. Uh, I wouldn't I, let I Bob. Say, I would not let Bob. You can say what you want to say. <laughs> Carrie would not let me write a commitment story. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, should we put one out there? I mean, oh, you can't refute it because it's not signing day. So, what do I do? And this is very, you know, there's OU DNA and then there's BP DNA. And this is very much against Bob Prisbillo DNA to not have some sort of even just a stock commitment story ready to roll. Um, well, it's no, just gonna be weird. Like if if they yeah. take him in October, if sure. with Gilliam and Burris work out in a certain way, and by October sure. they know they're taking them, <laughs> you can't write it five months later. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Like, well, well he's and, not and on our say, commitment list though, so we could if not. we wanted to. I am trying to get in touch with him. He and I have talked some through the past, like because I knew he was very gung ho about Oklahoma. He and I talked probably a month ago. Uh, when he first announced his commitment date. And you could tell, I mean, if, if Oklahoma wanted to push, they were a very, very real contender for him. Um, but And that's when I had some conversations with people, like, where does he fit? And I, I want to be abundantly clear so nobody, you know, thinks I'm dissing Isaiah Coe. It's got nothing to do with talent. It is That is not the problem. They took two junior college guys last year with Winfrey and Joshua Ellison, and I think – just the numbers, they they don't fit right. It's a deal where you're going to have this big lump of guys, and then you're not going to have the young players behind them coming through. I mean, you you want to take a junior – like, you look back in the 2000s when OU really was, 
I, you know, was more consistently recruiting at an elite level on both sides of the ball. They took JUCO guys to fill one specific spot, like Lance Mitchell. Okay, we needed a new Mike. We 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 had to have that guy, uh, you know, to replace the Torrance Marshalls and the Rocky Kalmuses and go down that list. Or Dante Nicholson. We needed that safety to come in and 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 fill the void for us at safety. You know, like there was very specific needs. You don't want to scatter shot and build your roster on JUCO guys. Unless your name's Bill Snyder, that's really, really hard to do. I know um, the best way to describe this for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, OU doesn't want to be on t- on Tinder. They want to be on eHarmony. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And very, you know, uh, they, I mean, another way in, you know, in our, our Zoom chat world, I mean, they want a Zoom chat. They don't want to chat roulette. You know, they, they're not looking for the, the quickie and, you know, dick pics. So they're, they're just avoiding What's all What's chat roulette? I don't even – you've just taught it, me Does chat something. roulette even exist anymore? No. I say that. Okay. I, I, mean, I, I, always, think, I think it's basically FaceTime now, right? Probably. I, I loved the concept of guess, chat roulette. Actually, you know what chat roulette work. is? Chat roulette is basically Zoom. Uh, to a point, sure. Um, but – Chat roulette. It was. I mean, it was. It was really. What would you roulette. just like, find? You some you were getting. Was... Yeah, like you would just enter a chat, and you could be linked up with anybody else that's trying to find. There was no like, oh, I'm going to enter this address and talk with this person. Yeah. You were just at random oh, match. With I somebody never knew and, about that. Never, uh, never had any clue. Oh yeah, chat roulette was was hysterical. I found it because of a. But you uh, did it on video. Like a, you did it on like a, a desktop. You didn't do it from a phone or anything. No, no, I don't think so. I think I, I mean I did it from my laptop when I when I because yeah. I found it when um, there was a video and I can't remember the comedian's name, but he was doing Wrecking Ball by uh, Miley Cyrus, and it was him performing and he's dressed up like Miley Cyrus. Oh my god! And he's chat rouletting. It's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen. It like I still go back and watch it probably every six months. It still makes me just crack up laughing. But he did it, and like these people are just like, "What in the hell am I watching?" And some people were like, "Oh, I'm here for this," and they would sit and watch and crack up laughing. Other people were like, "Nope, I'm out of here." So it was just funny watching that video as he you know would go through it, and that's how that's the first time I ever heard of it. So yeah. Okay. Can't get it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to reset it a little bit. I mean, just so, yeah, what you're saying is they want to have, if possible, they'd rather have elite high school talent than elite JUCO talent just because it keeps them from going back to that well again and again and again. And if you can get a four, I mean, like how hard is it to get a a four-year high school elite talent at defense? It's incredibly hard. And they've got two guys on the hook. Oh, absolutely. That's, I, I think that would be my question for Josh or Bob is just kind of where the where everything stands with those guys. That that if you're not going to take Isaiah Coe, what are the other options out there? Well, you know, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about both Kelvin Gilliam and Marcus Burris. Um, where things would get interesting is if it moves past those guys. And right, Ivy, you know, and the thing you guys have to remember is Ethan Downs is considered an inside guy for Oklahoma. So you already yeah, have that one commitment. That. And I've heard talk that if if Burris or Gilliam jumped on board, I'm not 100% they have the spot to take the other one. I, I, I think they would. 
I, I, I just don't see them playing that card. But that's how tight the numbers are. Like, it's not a deal where, okay, yes, you got Downs, you got Burrius, you got Gilliam, and then we'll decide on a fourth guy. We don't know. Like, I think three is about the max they can make work, and you've already got one on board, and you're in a in the top two at least for both Burris and Gilliam, who are fringe rivals 100 guys. So it's just it's a real big gamble to to push the co-commitment too far and then potentially alienate those guys. So I you know, but then even like I said, you go past that, and I wonder, do you take co over a gay like Tabechia Coley? Or do you take Co over, you know, some of these other interior, uh, David Abiara? Like, do you take Abiara and not take Co, even though they're very different players? Co's purely a nose, Abiara's purely an interior guy, uh, a purely a defensive tackle type in that LaRon Stokes, uh, Jalen Redmond position. So I don't know how that works. That's going to be really, really interesting to follow. Bob, I'll just let you take over to ask anything you want, you know, regarding recruiting. Well, I think. By the time we record the next pod, might they have another defensive lineman commitment, Josh? I think they will, Bob, Mr. Prisbillo. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, for those that aren't on the board, haven't followed, uh, or, you know, just don't watch the forecast, which you really should. I mean, I'm currently, you know, over 83%. No bragging, just kind of is what it is. Um, Nathan Rollins Kabange, the. Uh, uh, defensive end from Portland Jefferson uh, in Oregon that we've talked about a lot. Um, big, long guy, really has a big basketball background, like 6'7", 230, 240, uh, is going to fill in that role, like I said, kind of you know where you've got Redmond and Stokes in that defensive tackle position. This is the defensive end spot. Where, you know, This is a guy that Jamar Kane is working on as Oklahoma's defensive ends and rush linebackers coach, so it kind of he'll be in that Ronnie Perkins role. Um he is a guy that, to my understanding, has only played a year or two of football. This is not a guy that has a lot of experience, hasn't played much, actually committed. Uh, I, 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 I want to say Washington State, but there's this little percentage of me that keeps thinking Oregon State is right, but I think it's Wazoo. Committed to them as a basketball player about a year ago and has um, – so he has, I mean, he's a very good athlete, great feet. And for people that will look at him and say, oh, he's a three-star guy, I think Rivals has him as a 5'7 right now. A, I think he'll move up from there. Secondarily, though, this is a guy that is very, very high on Oklahoma's board. This is not a guy that Oklahoma is, is like, oh, we're going to take him because we missed out on some other guys. This is a guy Oklahoma covets. They really, really want him. So for them to be able to get him on the on board, uh, I believe he announces a week from today. Um, I think June it's the 18th. 17th, so Wednesday. Is it the 17th? Okay, yeah. so it's yep. it's next Wednesday, yeah. So you've got, um, uh, again, a guy that Oklahoma I, – I had been told – at various points that, oh, if Stanford offers, he's going he's gonna to go to Stanford. He's a big academics kid. I talked to him after that Stanford offer had happened when everybody was kind of like, okay, well, he's, he's going to Stanford. And I talked to him. I was like, where does this all come from? And he goes, it's because I'm an academics kid. Like, I'm, you know, I, I, I take my grades seriously. Everybody just thought that meant I was going to go to Stanford. Well, he's announcing next week, and to my knowledge, he can't be approved for a scholarship at Stanford for like another month. 
So if you were going to wait on that, if you were that dead set about Stanford, I feel like you would just wait that month, wouldn't you, and, like, find out where you stand. But also in talking to people, and, Bob, you can probably add some some depth to this, but talking to people, there has been a belief for several weeks now that OU was the leader. Like, some of my sources, people I talked to around Norman, there was a lot of confidence that he was saying and doing the things that sounded very much like a commitment rather than a guy they were fighting for. Yeah, it was sort of interesting because that Stanford offer, well, that was supposed to, you know, some of these recruits that you know, it's like, okay, they get that offer. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to that school. And this, that was supposed to be the case with him. Stanford come, sorry, it doesn't matter. He's going to be with the Cardinal. But right after it went down, you just never really got that feeling and it never – Really, the way that OU kept coming after him gave you the impression that OU definitely wasn't thrown in the towel. You definitely didn't have the impression that they were over and done with. But what I am wondering is if you do, if Nathan does commit next Wednesday, Abiara, is he odd, the odd man out? Or do you think this is a, you, you, you take both if they fall into your lap like that? I, if I was going to say, I would say Abiara might be out of luck because to my understanding, he is something of a hybrid between the defensive end spot and the defensive tackle spot, kind of a let's see how it works out. And I think his entire relationship has been built with Calvin Thibodeau. Well, there's been rumors for, I mean, a month now that he was on the verge and he was going to commit. And as I've said before, I think there would be, you know, there's more than enough smoke to think that he has indicated to Lincoln Riley that, you know, I, I think Oklahoma is what I want to do in spite of his current Notre Dame commitment. Well, at some point, and it came from you've got Notre Dame writers, too. Yes. You know, at some point, you, you have to make both that sides. Call. Yeah. At, at some point, you've got to make that decision because he was even talking. I mean, like, I was hearing stuff like this before he committed to Notre Dame. So it feels like. He keeps talking up Oklahoma and like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it. Well, then he just doesn't. So, uh, to me, at some point, you've got to say, you know what, kind of like what Oklahoma did with the wide receiver out of California last year, um, whose name is going to escape me, big-time guy. I, I've, I love when I bring up a guy and then I totally forget his name. Uh, ended up going to Washington. I can't remember the kid's name. It's not truly fundamental to the story. Jalen but they had the same, Huh? Yes. Jalen Mc, that, That's exactly right. Um he was telling Oklahoma he was going to come for months and months and months. And then he just kind of stepped away. Like, oh, you was like, listen, either do it or don't. And so we kind of had to move forward there. I have a two-year-old that currently needs to potty, so I'm going to let this be the Bob show for a second, and then I will return <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> what, a se- what a segue there. But, yeah, I mean, that. That's what's next. You know, we had Co June 5th. We knew Christian Leary was pushing back June, June 6th. And I don't think any, anyone was expecting him to make a call Saturday. We knew Rocket Sanders would go Monday, and he picked Arkansas. And it's still our belief that if the way things shake out, if something doesn't work in the favor of OU, the Sooners, Brian Odom, could easily go back to Sanders in, in the fall and try to win that race if that's what OU wants to do. I mean, that sounds a little arrogant to just say, oh, we want to, you're going to flip from Arkansas. But if you look at the landscape, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So we're starting to get to that point where kids have accepted 
They can't travel anywhere through at least July 31st. And then usually that leads right into a dead period of its own because that's when uh, preseason practices for high school and college start up. And usually no one's traveling during that time anyway. But these kids are, are accepting of that and starting to announce their commitment dates. We got Nathan next week. And then at, after that, does feel like we've got a little bit of a lull as we head into July 4th, of course, waiting for a five-star quarterback, Caleb Williams, to make his his call. And, of course, it'll just sort of be interesting to see what other dominoes fall July 4th and which others you know, follow his lead maybe in the week or the two weeks that follow after that. We are getting the uh, Big 12 virtual media days schedule. And what's it looking like? Uh, Oklahoma will be on day number one, July 20th, along with Kansas, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. That means Oklahoma State and Texas will be day two. Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. And only two players per school. Which it makes different. sense. I don't know how you do a breakout or whatever. I don't, I don't know how this format's going to I mean, be. Zoom no, is but... just a breakout. That's the whole thing it is. I mean, but yeah, you were only getting 25 minutes with the coaches. Usually you get an hour. Or is it, has it been an hour and a half in the breakout? Oh, it's an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. So you won't get to get that in depth with any of the coaches. And there'll be tons of people on that thing. Yeah. And how's that going to be moderated? Yeah, you're just going to have to. You to ask any questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that we'll get to ask, but you know, we'll have a, a I'm sure, a local media day Zoom. Hopefully, I don't know how the local. I mean, I. That's the other thing. Is there going to be autograph day? I know that I don't want to trigger you, Eddie, but. Uh, I I can't be triggered. I'm a coronavirus survivor. <laughs> There's no way I, you can have media day. Honestly, yeah, no way. honestly, until you until you said that, Kerry, I hadn't even thought about something like that. I would imagine not. No, I mean, there's no way you can have autograph day. We kind of had a little bit of a discussion about that on the board this week, just as far as the OU Texas game goes. Like I, I think there's a better chance that there's a full Cotton Bowl and without a state fair going around than I do anything else. But I mean, I think Josh is back. We can get back into recruiting, but that is interesting on the. Uh, how the media day stuff is going to go down. July 20th and 21st. Maybe we'll get Mark some weirdness. Maybe we'll get some porn or something. That would be awesome. Should that be our goal to hack into the Big 12 media day? We'll, we won't have to hack in. We'll have access. <laughs> no, that I'm should be like to hack you in as the listener. That should be your goal is to hack in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disrupt it. Disruption. Disrupt, yeah. Now, Josh can try and hack in. Yeah, well, and, you know, with my um, technological acumen, that should be no problem. It's so it's so bad, I'm, we might be willing to sell our passwords, for, you know, to the highest bidder. Oh, yeah. I'll for, sell anything. I'll sell antibodies, passwords, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I can be bought. I, Carrie, I, I'm a little concerned Eddie is going to come to us for a raise, and the part of it is going to be antibody offering. Like, he's going to wave that in front of you, and you're going to agree to anything he says. Just just because I should be allowed to go into every stadium in the country doesn't mean <laughs> that 
uh, that I'm going to change. <laughs> I'm still, I still feel like it's a false positive. I don't think that they you have, didn't though. even you didn't even infect your parents. I think that I the test was botched. Well, I don't mouth oh. my parents when I see them. I think say this begs the question: How close is the Radosovich family? I mean, maybe there's not. You know, maybe it's a little colder than we all envision. Hmm. Yeah, perhaps. I. They'd be better to tell you than I. By the way, I took some of your advices and I uh, I started watching some comedy specials. The Bill Burr one's really good because it's in England, uh, and he has some just golden Colin Kaepernick stuff in his. Uh, I will say this: I think Bill Burr has a time limit, and I think I reached it last night because he's really funny, but he's really angry, and at one point, it's just more anger than funny. I there. Th- that's the way I am with, um, oh, the other boss, uh, Dennis um, Leary. Leary, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I can't go far because, like, I'm like, you're just screaming at me. Like, yeah, it's a I, Boston I thing. I, I totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Boston angst. You can only, it's in, it, not small doses, but just not large doses. And I watched Patton Oswalt, which uh, that was just okay. The Denny stuff he does is hilarious. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that one. No, I don't think I have. One of my favorite is Jim Gaffigan when he does the McDonald's speech. He's like, I didn't know I was better than you when he runs into someone at McDonald's. Like, that's just fantastic. Yeah, I need to I need to do his. And I haven't done the Chappelle's either, so I've got to get on those. I think that's going to be my new thing, though, for streaming. The Chappelle's are good. The Chappelle's, Chappelle's are awesome. Are great. Chappelle's are some of the funniest stand-up that I've honestly ever seen. Uh, anything else recruiting that you wanted to hit on before we get out of here, Josh? Um, no, uh, I mean, Bob, Bob's always better. I always forget something and Bob's like, oh yeah, we should talk about that. I I don't think so. I think the offers haven't really been made at all. There's no real camps that we can attend just, just yet. And after next week's announcement, I I think we kind of hit a little dull period before, July 4th brings it all back up. Yeah, I, I, I will. Wow. I, wow. I don't know what the hell that was. I will say for uh, other, you know, for people that are following, I should be out next week. And really, I should be several places over the next two, two and a half weeks. We'll, I'll start to really get on the road. There's some schedules being made, some stuff I'm starting to see pop up that I can get to. Um, so, there should be more and more, you know, pictures, videos, some, some new content rather than you know just us talking to guys about things they can't do at this moment i should be able to join you on that uh on that journey i you know we're not i'm not counting on anything i mean i you know we don't need the uh again we're gonna have to call in dimitri flowers to legally represent us when you infect an entire high school with, uh, with the COVID. <laughs> that would be with hiv not with the coronavirus <laughs> Yeah, I gotta admit, I've done the whole uh, battery of tests before, and it's really nice when everything comes back like that. I've done that recently, just for some work stuff, just for healthcare stuff or health insurance stuff, and like they test they tested me for everything, like the Spanish flu. I think I even got tested for, but like everything came back. It's really weird because it doesn't always just say negative. 
What is it? I got to look up these results here. I while you do that, I will say I've Carrie. You've always been a little sickly, just a little bit, not a lot, mm-hmm. but a little bit. No. I am learning that you're a little bit hypochondriac. You you've got a little bit of that in you. Like the It's because the, the I get sick. sick. That's why. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I that's why like I I guess I don't I, and that's why I'm probably too numb to it because I'm I'm basically Teflon. Like nothing sticks to me. Like everything says not detective, but then on syphilis and HIV it said non-reactive and I thought what the f- does that mean? I got mad at the test results. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that means it's open-ended. That doesn't sound like a conclusion. That's not true, you bastard. You stop it right <laughs> now. probably a false positive. <laughs> You're a false positive, all right, pal? I might be. It actually has, an, it has a little good check mark next to it, so. And, and non-reactive just means not detected, is what my, doc, my medical doctor is telling me that I have never met. I'm good on ureal plasma too. Urea plasma? Yeah. I don't think I have any more plasma left after college. <laughs> you sold it all? Yeah. What are you donating for beer money, Eddie? <laughs> Hell yeah. That was like a Friday. That was like an everyday Friday thing. It's better than admitting to your parents that you always need money because you're drinking that much. Exactly. All right, uh, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, we are getting closer and closer, which that is fantastic news. Hopefully, we'll start getting some more answers on exactly what will go on for fans. Uh, as we said, Big 12 Media Days is our next big adventure, and that should be, I don't know, interesting. But I'm sure we'll talk to Lincoln Riley, you know, again soon, along with Joe Castiglione. You know, they've done a Fairly good job at keeping us updated. And uh, glad that they have because we've gotten a little bit. And then, like Josh said, uh, more and more high schools starting to ramp up, which is going to give us a chance to uh, get out there and see them a lot more. So, uh, And, look, for those of you that are members of the site that have been frustrated about all the politics, it is not going to it's, – it's, it's just temporary. And I think Josh and I and, and, and Eddie and Bob, we've all discussed it. We've got a plan of action, but it is not going to continue to run wild on the message board. So don't get too frustrated by that stuff right now. We don't want to be a bunch of insensitive bastards and just shut it off completely because we think there are some, it is important for people to discuss a little bit about what's going on in the world, especially how it relates to sport, whether it's uh, COVID stuff or, uh, you know, social injustices. So, I mean, that's just, you know, Josh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but... Sorry, I had muted myself because my two-year-old is currently taking me through her shopping cart of, <laughs> of toys. Um, no, I, I I do. I mean, and I, I hope people can understand from both sides. It's a tough line for us to walk because at the same time we've we're we're disbanding <laughs> policies we've always had, and at the same time we completely understand and think there is room for conversation, but it's it's. Like I said, we're trying to find the right balance on the board to make sure everyone is as happy as they can be and wh- while knowing no one's going to be perfectly happy. My my two-year-old is shushing me. She's tired of me talking. 
You have ignored them for far too long. Seriously. They, they're like, no more Beauty and the Beast, old man. You got to pay attention to that. <laughs> See, it's, she, I, literally the second I start talking. Layla, you want to tell them? <laughs> That's my two-year-old. She's had enough of my shit. All right. Well, th- all right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, enjoy those antibodies. Who are you voting for, Layla? Who are you voting for this year? <laughs> We're getting her registered. It's Texas. You can register anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to Bob Persbillo. You, that's your life awaiting you, Bob, here. Yes, it before is. Before too long. Uh, and then once they start talking, you're like, boy, I, I wanted this, right? I wanted this to begin. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back here again next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.